Good morning, Unfiltered with Bobby and Luke. It is Saturday, November 14th. Luke, are you there? I am here. Hello, good morning. So Luke, as we were leading up to our first podcast here, uh, we went through our kind of our agenda, our first topics that we want to discuss with uh, our listeners and uh, kind of starting off with some intros, everybody kind of get an understanding of what we do, who we are, how we know each other, how long we've known each other, uh, what we currently do. And uh, if you want to kick that off, go ahead. Sure. <clears throat> so good morning, everybody. I'm Luke Middlehat. I uh, am a proud graduate of Seward High School in Seward, Nebraska. And uh, after graduating, went to uh, college in Kansas City, not too far down the road. And then ultimately found myself in New York City, working in marketing and media. And then after the economic crash in uh, the early 2000s, <clears throat> went into education, which really has been my passion my entire life. My mom always told me I should have done that from the jump. <laughs> I always listen to mom, right? And uh, <laughs> after... Uh, you know, after uh, working at uh, a large children's services uh, organization uh, and leading uh, that organization for several years, was ready for uh, a new challenge. And that challenge being actually doing what I was trained to do, which is get into the classroom. So uh, after moving to Los Angeles with my uh, partner, worked uh, in the classroom as a teacher, taught uh, fifth and sixth grade for a while, uh, ended up in administration. And then on the advice of uh, the parent of one of my students uh, suggested that I take my skills to the growing legal cannabis industry. And so now I'm working as a consultant uh, with a firm that specializes in uh, expanding legal cannabis throughout the United States. And uh, uh, also, all along the way, uh, being an avid uh, follower of all things uh, politics and uh, uh, policy, and have traveled a bit of a journey going all the way from volunteering for the Bob Dole campaign uh, and actually being a Senate intern on Capitol Hill for Sam Brownback to uh, now being a proud progressive and uh, thrilled for our new uh, president-elect, Joe Biden. Absolutely. My name is Bobby Stutzman. I was born and raised in Seward, Nebraska. Uh, Luke and I actually attended the same high school. We graduated the same year in 96. Uh, I kind of went a different path. I started in retail, grocery retail, when I was 15 in our small town of Seward at the time was about a population of about what, 6,500 Luke? I think it might've even been 5,500. <laughs> <laughs> and so I started working at a local grocery store there in Seward, uh, wanted to expand my horizon, would go on to have a successful 22 year career running big box retail stores and various operations, leadership and executive positions. Uh, but my love of tech started uh, actually in high school. Uh, we actually have a classmate uh, who co-founded his own business. 
and was actually sold um, to VMware a few years back. And so my love of tech started again, you know, 25, 30 years ago. And after getting burned out running these big box retail stores, I started my own tech company uh, back in 2013. And from there, um, we've, we've grown not just domestically, but internationally with our clients, our, our services and our portfolio offering. We offer anything from SD-WAN to circuits, to hosted voice, to cloud security, cloud solutions. Uh, we announced uh, last year, uh, we're, a, we're a direct cloud provider for Google Cloud for SD-WAN globally. So we are excited about that. Uh, we're getting our feet wet as we speak in the, in the global gaming industry. And we're working with some of the top uh, gaming companies right now uh, when it comes to uh, providing and significantly improving that gaming experience. So I'm a, a tech guru and uh, we'll be talking about politics, obviously. We'll be talking about COVID. We'll be talking about technology, working from home, and anything else that you know people want us to discuss, get our opinions on. Uh, we'll talk about national headlines, and uh, we'll take it from there. But as far as our first discussion topic, obviously, you can't start our first podcast without discussing the election that just happened a little over a week and a half ago. So, Luke, what are your thoughts on the uh, results? You know, I think like most uh, people on the left side of the political spectrum right now, and I think also <clears throat> if, if people are being honest, you know, um, you know, we're excited for a, a change at the top. Um, but as Absolutely. we know, uh, it was really a mixed bag. Uh, you know, we, yes, Joe Biden won a decisive victory. Uh, but you know, the, the Senate looks unless the uh, Dems and Stacey Abrams and crew can do one hell of a get out the vote job in Georgia, which God willing, um, you know, it wasn't, you know, a, a great night when it comes to the Senate uh, lost seats in the House. Yep. And, uh, you know, what is often not talked about uh, these down ballot races, uh, the Dems failed to flip a single state house. So here we are on the cusp of uh, redistricting uh, after the 2020 census, and it will once again be, for the most part, in these pivotal swing states, Republican-led state legislatures that will be drawing those lines. Right. You know, the election was drawn out so much, we had uh, media outlets like Fox News and the AP mm -hmm. um, quickly calling states, whereas other outlets like MSNBC and CNN really slowed their hand through the whole process. And, you know, they would admit, hey, Fox News and the AP were, were really early. Were their models correct? Mm -hmm. At the end of the day, they were correct. You know, we flipped Arizona blue. We flipped Georgia blue and that's great, you know, for a start. But as you stated, the Senate was key and was a huge topic of conversation going into the election. You know, for, you know, for me personally, it wasn't if Joe Biden was going to win, I thought he was mm -hmm. going to win, but 
more important was taking control of of the Senate. And as you stated, it's all down to the runoffs in Georgia. Yeah. You know, will we be able to get any of, you know, you know, will we be able to get anything done? Are we just in for a a repeat of uh, Obama's last few years uh, as president and, you know, Mitch McConnell saying, you know, my only, my only job is to make sure none of his agenda gets done, <laughs> you know? Right. And, you know, in the light of what we're dealing with right now, which is uh, a global pandemic, uh, it, it, it is, you know, it's terrifying. And my heart goes to uh, those who are out of work and the small business owners and, uh, you know, the restaurateurs and club and bar and venue managers that desperately need help right now. And uh, Mitch McConnell, I think just yesterday said, well, we've got a skinny bill. It's like, how, how do you even use the word skinny to describe something to help uh, the American populace during COVID? Uh, but it's something, it, it, it's like half a billion dollars, something like that. And then on right. the other We've side- We've got 100,000 small businesses guns. that have gone out of business that are yep. no longer yep. in business that have been waiting yep. for help from the government. Um, mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. you have the Senate wanting to do a little bit. You've got mm -hmm. uh, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wanting to do a lot. You know, you can't just throw, you know, a little bit of money at COVID when you've got millions of people out of work, job shutting down. And, you know, mm -hmm. with the spike we're seeing right now, and, you know, I want our audience to understand we're going to really get into COVID a lot more in our next podcast. But, mm -hmm. you know, the current mm -hmm. climate with, with COVID, almost 200,000 new cases a day, hospitals are filling up. And, you know, we were supposed to have a second round of relief for U.S. citizens months ago, and that still hasn't happened. Exactly. And, uh, you know, one of the one of the things that really and, and as, as you just mentioned, we're going to get into COVID in a, a deep dive in a later episode. But, uh, you know, nearly a million Americans have slipped uh, into poverty during this. And, you know, we're going to have a long road back. And unless we start getting some cooperation uh, from both sides, honestly, you know, we're not going to be able to do that. But well, that and, said, you know, I think we could easily say that the 2020 election was all about the mail-in vote. Oh, yeah. Yes. You know, records set in just about every state for the mail-in vote. Uh, we had a president and his administration that were saying, you know, mail-in votes are fraudulent, although there were many states in our union that were already doing mail-in votes uh, for the last couple decades. And yeah, yeah. Um, well, in our U.S., our military members have been sending in their votes from abroad for time in memoriam. You know, uh, this is not right. a new thing. And so for, you know, us to have a president who wants to stand up and say, well, uh, you know, all the majority of these mail-in votes were for the other guy. Well, yeah, because you for months and months and months were telling your people not to mail in their votes. So what exactly. do you think the logical conclusion is? <laughs> right. So, you know, the breakdown of the uh, metrics, uh, the, you know, the information provided by all the media outlets was, you know, the same day votes or in-person vote heavily favored Trump. The mail-in mm -hmm. vote obviously heavily favored Biden. Uh, 
So when we get down to the actual counts, uh, you had Trump in a lot of the states were in an early, early lead. And he was already calling the states, hey, I've won these states. And mm -hmm. most of the states, if you recall, they don't start counting the mail-in ballots until the day after the election. So, you know, everybody was screaming out the top of their lungs on, on the left saying, hey, why weren't these ballots been being sent in for weeks, six weeks out, mm -hmm. five weeks mm -hmm. out? Nobody has touched them, but that's because that was the state policy. So, right. and then you had Trump saying, hey, I've won this, I've won that. He'd go out on, on Fox News and, hey, I've won this state. Well, they hadn't even started counting Biden's ballots. And, exactly. uh, you know, so it's been very interesting now that all the ballots have been counted and we still have an administration. We still have, you know, his, his, his speaker, Kelly McEnany, going on Fox News again last night, stating that there's going to be a, a second term for Trump. I mean, what are your thoughts on mm. the way this administration is, is handling, you know, the, their defeat? Well, I think there was nothing more, you know, terrifying, more, more chilling, considering the global climate that we're in, than uh, Mike Pompeo, <clears throat> you know, standing at the lectern in the State Department saying, uh, answering a question about, is he ready to uh, cooperate with the transition? And his answer saying, uh, we'll be fully ready for a second Trump administration. Absolutely. Uh, it, is it is dangerous. It is setting the wrong message, sending the wrong message to the world. Uh, now, you know, that also in the light of Trump's basically wholesale uh, firing of, uh, you know, the top, uh, <clears throat> top members uh, of, the, of his national security team and uh, replacing them with basically his sycophants. Say what? What do you think he's playing at? What? What are? What are we trying to get after here? Is he uh, really uh, the ultimate dove and wants th that badly to get out of Afghanistan, or is something else at play here? Yeah, I mean, you know, the yes people he is now putting in these positions. You know, is he going to start firing CIA people and NSA? Mm -hmm. You know, there's still a ton of damage that he can do before he's gone. Uh, but at the end of yeah. the day, you know, conceding, you know, maybe Trump never concedes and that's fine, but we've mm -hmm. got to start the transition of power right now. It is of just utmost importance. You know, the, the peaceful transition of, of power has been an American tradition uh, from the, from the jump and to have an incoming administration that is unable, um, willing, but unable to communicate with the current administration is, is dangerous. And, you know, it's dangerous, not, you know, obviously on a international scale, but it's back to our COVID topic. It's incredibly dangerous that the current COVID task force is not in, commun in communication with the incoming COVID task force. You know, what, what, are, we, what are we doing here? Right. <laughs> Right. You know, uh, Biden quickly. And I think this was something that him and him and Kamala worked on for for weeks is assembling their COVID task force, the professionals mm -hmm. that are on it. Um, I'm excited of, of the people. You know, we've seen a lot of these people on the various networks, including Fox News, talking mm -hmm. about what we should be doing, what we need to be doing. 
Um, living here in Colorado Springs, I'm, I've been a huge fan of the way our governor has been handling the pandemic from the beginning. Obviously, nothing was in place in the beginning. These state right. governors had to basically, they're on an island by themselves, even on getting PPE. They were, they were competing mm -hmm. with other governors across the state, all getting most right. of their supplies from China. But you know, now we're in a mm -hmm. position where, yeah, people still don't wear masks. And I see it a lot. And you know, and we're gonna get into the, you know, making masks political on our next podcast. Yeah. But now that I mean everybody's on fire with COVID as we speak, and we still Correct. see people going into the Walmarts, going into the grocery stores, going into the malls. Mm -hmm. Um, mm -hmm. or, you know, the shopping centers without masks. And, you know, it's what's really scary, Luke, is with Thanksgiving coming up, with Christmas coming up, um, Governor Polis was adamant yesterday that if anyone decides to have Thanksgiving with, with other family members outside their immediate house, Mm -hmm. He was emphatic about having them self-quarantining as we speak starting yesterday so that you don't infect grandpa, grandma, aunts, uncles. And, you know, but what's sad about this pandemic is that not near enough people are taking it serious. Absolutely. Absolutely. The, the politicization of, uh, of, of, of the pandemic, of something unlike uh, anything we've seen since uh, what, the early 1900s, it's just been gross. And you just wonder if a different president had been at the helm, uh, even oh. a, a different Republican president had been at the helm when this whole thing started, where would we, we be? Uh, but uh, that's, a, <laughs> that's a good segue to, you know, if a different, any other president uh, like George H.W. Bush gracefully, gracefully uh, accepted defeat and uh, conceded. And then of course left that beautiful letter uh, for uh, the newly elected Bill Clinton or newly installed Bill Clinton uh, saying that I, I pray for your success because your success is the su success of the country now uh, versus what we're dealing with now, which is a president who is uh, screaming uh, massive uh, voter uh, fraud conspiracy, uh, unlike uh, anything we've ever seen again, uh, because, you know, this isn't 2000, you know, he, he didn't lose Florida by 500 votes or whatever the case or win for, you know, it, right, this is, right. this, this would have had to have, this would have had to have stretched across three or four states for this to be. Absolutely. Correct. Absolutely. And I think another topic that we need to discuss all, in itself is misinformation from oh, gosh, yes. social media platforms to the administration themselves to conspiracy websites that make their way to the social platforms get boosted mm -hmm. via marketing apparatuses like on Facebook yeah. uh, QAnon uh, we're, you know we're going to do it you know kind of a deep dive into QAnon and the followers there and uh, but it's just been amazing how, you know, even with the legal apparatus that Trump has, you know, taken to the courts in various states, um, 18 lawsuits were thrown out uh, yesterday. 
across Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, Michigan. Um, And and now you've got this uh, QAnon Dominion voter fraud conspiracy that, of course, has made its way to uh, Donald Trump. You want to touch on that a little Mm bit? Yeah, you know, basically it, it is the the way that votes are counted. Uh, most of us that have voted in person have have seen it. You know, you fill out your ballot and then you put it through a scantron. I mean, heck, any of us that took the uh, ACT or SAT or whatnot knows what you know uh, a, a bubble counting machine looks like. And uh, Q is now claiming that up to uh, 800,000, something like that, uh, just short, shy, short of a million votes uh, were, were deleted uh, for, for Trump and uh, only uh, Biden's votes uh, were counted. Uh, and conveniently, this only happened in those um, uh, pivotal swing states of Pennsylvania, uh, Michigan, Wisconsin, I believe also was mentioned. Right. Um, and it, it and, and I honestly, I, I was chatting with a colleague yesterday and I said, you know, if all of this work went into making sure Biden won the presidency, wouldn't they have put at least just a little bit of work into making sure he had a solid uh, majority in the House and the Senate as well? Right. And this man honestly said to me, oh, well, they just assumed that they were going to to win those. Uh, so they were only concerned with uh, the, the presidential vote. And I say, how do you think somebody is going to vote for Joe Biden, but then go ahead and vote for the Democrat on the Senate line or the Democrat on the, you know, I, I, versus I think it's rather rational to think that somebody could vote for Joe Biden because they just want to change at the top, but yet cast their vote for I don't know, Susan Collins, <laughs> right. one of the right. other uh, at-risk uh, senators. Right. So with the Dominion voter fraud, right? So essentially a lot of the states were using these Dominion voting machines. And what QAnon has stated, what's, you know, what they stated Thursday morning and then Trump retweeted in all caps later that day was that essentially Dominion's machines deleted, quote, millions of Trump votes. Although there's been no, you know, there was no, um, there was, there was no facts behind that. And even later that day, Trump's uh, director for their cybersecurity and infrastructure security, uh, Chris Krebs stated that was completely false. And then Trump went on Fox News later that day saying that Chris doesn't know what he's talking about. So right. it's, it, you know, it's tough for, you know, I, I, feel, I feel empathy and sympathy at the same time for the Trump base, for the simple fact that, you know, weeks before the election, uh, Trump, you know, at his rallies, people were interviewed by CNN, MSNBC, Fox News when it came to masks. Hey, if Trump was wearing a mask, would you wear a mask? And the answer was yes. Hey, because Trump's not wearing a mask, is that the reason why you're not wearing a mask? And the answer is yes. So, you know, the control that he's had from the very beginning, right, starting in 2015, coming down that escalator, I mean, the oh, yeah. control that he's had with his voters has just been phenomenal, regardless of how wrong 
his statements have been, his allegations have been, you know, the border wall. The first thing he came out with the border wall, Mexico is going to pay for it. Mexico didn't pay for shit. They, they haven't no, said not a damn thing. Single penny um, on the wall. And Trump says thousands of miles have been done. And that's not even close to the actual um, completion of the wall. And, mm-hmm. and, you know, so the QAnon group have really grown right on social media. Um, it was like three weeks ago, it was stated that Facebook disabled, you know, 15,000 QAnon accounts. But as we all know, that's usually just a small fraction of what's truly out there. Wow. Uh, we did a, a, a sample profile on Facebook. We created a brand new fake Facebook profile. And the only thing that I did, this was just a few weeks ago. And the only thing that I did was, was liked Fox news. Like I was telling you before, all okay. I did was yeah. liked Fox news. Yeah. And within an hour, my newsfeed was, was full of a lot of the conspiracy shit that people have been putting out there for, for months that obviously isn't true Uh, stuff about Kamala Harris. That isn't true stuff about Joe Mm -hmm. Biden. That isn't true. Um, You know, voter fraud with mail-in ballots. That isn't true. That all was there within an hour or two of creating that profile. Yeah, it's really something the way that, you know, the, <clears throat> the, these, uh, these factions that, you know, don't get me wrong, have always existed. You know, the, the, the Rush Limbaugh's of the world and the conspiracy theories and whatnot, you know, right. Steve Bannon, Attell, you know, they, they, they've been there, but now they're there with a microphone, or excuse me, yeah, a megaphone. <laughs> and they're, right. they're there uh, with the, Witting or unwitting, you tell me, Bobby, uh, help of these social media companies. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think, um, you know, that's going to be another topic of conversation. But obviously, we've seen the difference between Twitter and Facebook. What what Jack Dorsey is willing to do versus what Mark Zuckerberg isn't doing, right? Right. Uh, 230 protects these media companies. Well, I call media companies, uh, they legally do not call themselves media companies because of, of 230. 230 basically says, because of the size and scope of your platform, you're going to be protected by not being held accountable for what's being posted by your users, good or bad, right? right? Yep. Yep. You know, we, we yep. want to see facts when it comes to candidates, well, we could go on there like QAnon and other groups have done and these conspiracy websites cre- create thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of, of bot profiles that are just, you know, continuously posting stuff that is not true, not even remotely mm-hmm. true. But mm-hmm. then if it, and then they associate, you know, with AI, uh, Facebook, for example, by just liking Fox News is able to say, okay, so other users who liked Fox News also liked all this other shit that right. isn't true, conspiracy-based, and then yeah. all of a sudden your new, uh, your newsfeed is just filled with it. And exactly. so I think what the 2021 is going to bring us is a reckoning for large uh, tech companies like Facebook, 
like Twitter, um, Google, um, obviously, oh, um, yeah. you know, they generate. So Google uh, generates obviously billions a year. But you look at a company like Facebook and 98 mm-hmm. percent of their yearly revenue is from ads. And then they don't call themselves a media company because mm-hmm. of 230. Mm-hmm. So I think right. when and if, you know, I, I don't think it's, it's, it's like a matter if we even get control of the, the Senate. I think mm-hmm. going through that first conversation a few weeks ago with those CEOs from Facebook, Twitter, and Google mm-hmm. with senators from both sides, I think ultimately, at the end of the day, I think everybody, Democrat, Republican, independent, um, they want the same result. They want to see accountability for right. Facebook posting and allowing conspiracy websites to market and boost, you know, stuff that's completely false. Uh, you know, the hate with the poor boys. You know, mm-hmm. if we were if mm-hmm. we were members of the poor boys or the proud boys, I should proud say. boys, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. we could go on there and create an ad that's just full of hate and Mm -hmm. pay a little bit of money. And if we've got 20,000 followers, well, guess what they're reading in about 10 seconds. So there's a ton of uh, regulation, I think, that's going to happen from these last two elections. Uh, Obviously, the last election with Cambridge, you know, Analytica. Um, you know, that was a company that had actually swayed elections in multiple countries, utilizing yeah. Facebook data in Africa and Europe and Asia. Obviously, uh, the stuff with, you know, the Russian interference, obviously, you know, obviously that has been proven a fact across multiple uh, security agencies in the U.S. and abroad. Uh, I know a lot of our security agencies are working with uh, security agencies in Europe, and they've all confirmed the same thing. Obviously, Russia has been very implemental in getting Trump uh, elected the first time. And but it was the power of the people, right? The records, the record registrations across our 50 states. And at the end of the day, Biden won very, very decisively. Very decisively, and uh, and it was not, you know, uh, it's not to be forgotten that it was, uh, you know, in spite of uh, a number, a number of uh, rulings that went against uh, voter enfranchisement, the uh, law giving felons uh, or ex-felons their right to vote back in Florida comes to mind where right. a conservative jurist allowed um, basically the legislature to overrule uh, the will of the people. And, uh, you know, we, we, we may have lost Florida. Again, lots of disinformation about socialism and, and whatnot that uh, helped uh, Trump close the gap in uh, Miami-Dade. Um, but across the country, you know, across yes. the country. And I can speak to that, Luke. I've got yeah. colleagues yeah. in Texas. I've got colleagues, tech colleagues, clients uh, down in Texas, Florida, Arizona, California. And those that are from the Florida, I, I talked with a colleague um, slash client just the other day. And uh, we were talking about the election and I straight up asked him, I said, okay, I said, one of the things that really shocked me was with everything that the Trump administration had said and done 
towards Latinos and Latinas from the very beginning. From the, from the not just birds, the calling them rapists and, mm-hmm. you know, but all this stuff down at the border for, you know, for a couple of years now. And now we've got almost 600 kids that, you know, don't know where their parents are at and they can't get them, you know, back with their parents. And I said, okay, so what was, what drove the, you know, the Latino vote down in Miami Dade County for Trump and exactly what I've heard from multiple places, multiple people was the topic of socialism. Absolutely. And and we'll get into that on, on our next podcast and, you know that, but that was, you know, all the social, and again, social media driven, social media driven Absolutely. Fox news had a poll about three months ago about where the Trump base was getting their news. And mm-hmm. from their from their takeaway, 82% was getting it a, initial news from Facebook. You How bet. crazy is that? <laughs> crazy but completely believable right uh, which is you know the sad truth absolutely absolutely so you know a <clears throat> couple of questions first of all this right so we know q has this big conspiracy theory about dominion and you know met rampant voter fraud across you know you know across the country uh, but, you know, as you alluded to earlier, Trump, he's l- running out of legal options. You know, there, there's, there's got to be uh, a reckoning going on, you know, somewhere inside that head of his that, you know, the gig is up. So mm-hmm. what so this is essentially uh, just more political theater at this point. So to that right. end, I think he's got to put on this facade of fighting. Obviously, he knows he's lost. He's not going to, you know, concede. I think he's got to show the facade of continuing to fight, although they're losing all these cases before they even get started. You've got several of the law firms that were representing the president on these cases that have stepped away, that have dropped the suits. Uh, You've got his his chief legal counsel that has admitted in multiple cases that there was no no evidence, right? I mean, mm-hmm. all these judges want to keep these lawsuits going is a simple shred of evidence and they've Correct. provided nothing. Correct. So he can, you know, QAnon can come up with any conspiracy they want. Trump knows that they're all, you know, his base and right. he'll, right. he'll keep retweeting and he'll keep pushing that narrative. But at the end of the day, these votes are going to get certified. They are mm-hmm. going to have, you know, we're going to have the the transfer of power uh, come January 20th. So whether he wants to leave the White House or not, uh, he can go peacefully or or, you know, they can involve, yeah. you know, cops and, you know, right. armed yeah. forces or whatever well, the case one is. Way or, one way or another, he's, he's being put on uh, what will then be Marine 2. And he will be flown away somewhere. <laughs> right. You know, but unfortunate, you know, for the transition team, right? Correct. Yeah. So, you know, That's... Biden had the pick of the litter. I mean, he's got Kamala Harris as VP. The task force for COVID is nothing but the best of the best mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. when it comes to 
um, medical and, you know, health understanding and knowledge. Uh, we're not going to see a politicization of masks anymore. Um, and, you know, but the league, you know, the transition team in, in order for them to become official, there's background checks that needs to happen. There's interviews that needs to happen and all that costs time and money and they're not getting any of it. And no. if, if you recall back in 2000, when there was a delay with, mm-hmm. with Bush v. Gore because of Florida um, yeah. and then 9-11 happened. You know, that commission came out and said that a lot of the, you know, a lot of the reason why we were not prepared and ready for 9-11 is because the transition didn't happen. There were yeah, so many exactly. steps that were skipped. There were so mm-hmm. many positions not filled. And, mm-hmm. you know, heaven forbid anything like that were happened again. But, you know, there it, you know, it wasn't purpose, right? It wasn't an administration purposely not providing the information. It's, you know, but here, that's exactly what we're seeing. You Mm -hmm. you know, not only not providing the resources needed for the transition, but continuously hammering the news feeds of any outlet stating that Trump won this election. Yeah. And, you know, it's, you know, if it was just Trump, it would be one thing. Uh, and that brings me to, you know, the second question, which is everybody says, what does the GOP look like post-Trump? I don't think that world is GOP because I'm sorry, but if Mitch McConnell took to the Senate floor and said, I'm sorry, sir, Mr. President, you need to accept this and you need to allow this transition to start, the pressure would be laid to bear and other senators uh, on the right side of the aisle would get on board and we could get something here, but quite the opposite is happening. And and instead, uh, with the exception of- Right, and I would- Enabling. I would also state that with- Yeah, you know, I would also state that with Trump stating that he's gonna run for reelection, you know, that kind of drags or, you know, what I would, uh, say stalemates the GOP from moving on, right? It's it's kind of frozen in time because mm-hmm, even mm-hmm. with like the runoff for the two Senate seats for Georgia, um, you know, mm-hmm. what was the first thing that they as a group on the Republican side stated that their Republican counterpart uh, needed to quit? He didn't handle the election correctly, (laughs) you know, and all that. So, right. Yes. um, Trump stating he wants to run in 2024 obviously means he wants Mm -hmm. to stick around. He's going to be geared for whatever the future brings, but the GOP cannot move on. Obviously, I don't think there's a single senator uh, that has aligned themselves 100% with Trump. Right. So privately, I don't think any of them want Trump around, but publicly they sing his praises because of his his base. Right. His his base is their constituents. Right. Exactly. Now, with the changing demographics in the United States of America, that without the Trump base, they will never win another election. Not 
in a state, not in a county, not in a school board. They need those Trump voters. And that's why I believe, you know, whether he actually runs again in 2024 or not, he is not going anywhere. From the minute he tweeted his first birther conspiracy theory, it was all about relevance and wielding power. And right. there is no way uh, in the White House or not that that man is going to give that up. And sadly, it looks like his children are obviously following suit. So, you know, I wish no ill will to the to the president. God, you know, forbid I, I want him to be healthy and go on living his life. But even after he's gone, I, I believe the Trump mechanism has now, you know, just wormed its way in to that base, that right. particular base. And we're it's here to stay. It's here to Absolutely. stay. And I so think for Democrats, a very long term. Uh, mm -hmm. Trumpism is what I guess everybody's coined. Trumpism. It to be. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm -hmm. You know, almost 72 million people voted for Trump. That's right. 72 million. After yeah. everything he's done, after mm -hmm. everything he said, all the ethnicities that he's mm -hmm. gone after. I mean, we all know he's, you know, uh, proud boy, proud. Oh, and. Yeah. Um, stand by, stand by. Act, yep, oh, yep, stand by. And you know, even with everything he's done, he's you know he said, mm -hmm. um, you know, seventy-two million Americans, and like uh, many outlets discussed uh, earlier this week, is that Trump won the majority of the white uh, the white vote by fifty-six percent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is. It is. Truly, you know, it, it's, a, it's, it's, it's sad, you know, um, that so seemingly so many Americans were so deeply disturbed by the sight of an, Amer an African-American in the White House that something that has been underneath for so long, you know, so, you know dating back to the birth of this nation, and this nation being built on, on the back of African slaves, you know, that has never truly fully gone away. And they found their messenger in Donald Trump. They found somebody who suddenly made it okay to be out loud about your hate. I don't right. know what else to call it. Yep. Um, and it's really, it's really, you know, just it, it shakes me to the core that, you know, yeah, last Saturday I was as excited as anybody else when it was finally called for Biden and, you know, even popped up to Santa Monica Boulevard, to, you know, wave at the cars driving by honking and everybody cheering. And it was quite a sight to behold. I posted about it and whatnot. And it was great. But at the same time, I was filled with such despair over what you just mentioned that nearly 72 million Americans, the majority of white Americans still voted for this man and said, you know, I may not be a racist. I may not be a bigot, but I'm okay with it. Yep. Yep. And that's what people got to understand is that when you vote for somebody, 
It's just not about party affiliation. You know, what, what have they done? What do they stand for? And looked at, you know, in, and you just look back at everything Trump has done and said and not done and, and, and not said about, you know, this global pandemic, you know, mm-hmm. people that have lost loved ones, they've lost mm-hmm. their sons, they've lost a brother, a mother, a father, a cousin, and still they voted for Trump. And it just blows yeah. my fucking mind that people stuck. Yeah, I think nothing... Yeah, no, nothing was more crystal crystallizing to that point than, you know, you watch the, the Trump, the infamous Trump interview asked a number of said it is versus the debate when Joe Biden turned to the camera and looked right at the heart of America and said, you know, for those of you that are are laying there in bed at night and instinctively reach over to touch your loved one, but they're not there. Or that that empty table at the, or that empty seat at the uh, table. And what did Trump do? He mocked him and said that it was, oh, look at him just being a typical politician. No, that's that's a man who knows what loss feels like and knows what this country is going through right now. Um, and it just, and, and yet here we are, you know, with, with, thankfully we're not, uh, hanging on 500 hanging chads. (laughs) Right. Uh, well, and it's interesting you brought up the debates, uh, cause a huge takeaway that I brought from the two debates that we actually saw was that Trump entered these debates this year as if he was a candidate in 2016, he kept talking about what he was going to do and mm-hmm. not discussing, you know, cause I think he obviously knew he couldn't discuss his record of the last four mm-hmm. years. He acted like it was Biden's last four years and he was right. informing us what he was going to do because he couldn't yes. refer back because that was not going to help him win this election on his record alone which I thought was striking. You know, the, the, the presidents win re-election because the, they, the country likes what the past four years have been like. It's a steady hand. Don't shake the boat. Don't change horses, middle of the race, et cetera, et cetera. People vote for the other candidate like they did uh, in uh, Bush versus Clinton because there's something wrong and not because their stock portfolio looks one way or another, but there's something wrong in their home, in their life, their suffering, they need something to change. And so for him to not even have a mention of a second term agenda, you know, uh, to, to, I think it finally was released in like a four bullet pointed uh, mail that went out. And one of the things was like, you know, get back to the moon or whatnot. Look here, Mr. President. Yes, Space Force. <laughs> the, the typical American does not care about Mars or the moon right now. The right. typical American wants to know when the hell can I get back to living my life? 
when can my kid go back to school and be with his friends without me having to be in mortal fear of him, you know, catching a, a deadly disease? You know, that, that's, 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 that's the singular item. And he knew he, he had nothing to run on. And so all he could do is point fingers. We haven't even touched on the whole Hunter Biden farkas. Like, you know, all he could do was say, but that other guy, that other guy, that other guy. No, Mr. President, you've been the president for the past year. What have you done? And the answer was not enough or nothing. <laughs> and think, thankfully, more, you know, for the first time in a long time, we actually have a president-elect who won more than 50% of the popular vote. And, you know, God willing, you know, we'll get, get some things done to truly help the American people. You know, I, you know, if you've got a great stock portfolio, congratulations, good for you out there. Um, but I am more concerned about the families and the people that I grew up uh, with and around who may have stock portfolios, great, whatnot. But the, the real, you know what I'm saying, the real yes. at home issues, you know? Yes. You know, and, and we can talk about the stock market, but at the end of the day, I mean, the tech stocks have been going up because they've been exceeding expectations. They're not declining as much as everybody, you know, expected. It's overinflated, you know, perhaps a little bit of a bubble and we can get into that. But, um, you know, with that, you know, I think what, you know, we're going to wrap this up for, you know, our first podcast. I want to thank mm -hmm. Luke Mohat, my, my, co-host and co-creator of unfiltered with bobby and luke and i want to thank you guys and we got to thank our our uh, sponsor the stutzman group and we'll talk to everybody soon thanks bobby sounds good <laughs>